This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. How great is our Papa God. And that's how we learn how to be a father and to be an influencer, even if we don't have kids, how to be an influencer in the world in which we live by learning from our Papa God. And Papa, in the King James, is his Abba Father. It means Daddy. And that's a term that lots of people have never attributed to Almighty God. They see God sometimes as a a very strict, rigid boss, carrying a stick or some another. But that's not God. And that's why I address him as it is in the Bible, Papa God. Uh, Let me just read you something here. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, in the Message Bible, it says, This resurrection life that you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. You know, Jesus is not in the grave. He rose from the dead, and so will we. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, What's next, Papa? What's next? What you have in store for us next? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is. And we know who we are in him, father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. And that's an inheritance while we're here on earth. And that's a fantastic inheritance when we come face to face with him. So fathers, I would like, you know, to give you something today that will help you and that will inspire you to become an amazing man to to your family or or to those who are just in your sphere, sphere of influence as we learn more about the fatherhood. Of God, our our Papa God. Uh, You know, we've heard this term so much of the time, like father, like son, right? Well, we we hear that, like father, like son. And the way we get to know our Heavenly Father as we get to know Jesus. Jesus reveals to us the Father, his heart and his nature. The Bible says the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. If you know one, you know them all, you know. And Jesus, as we we take this book and we read it and we study it, we become so much more aware because he just reveals unto us a father. So, dads, let's strive. Let's strive to be like Papa God because he's the ultimate role model. Uh, There was a little girl, and she was in deep concentration over something she was drawing on the kitchen table and her mother asked her what are you drawing and she received this curt reply God her mother said but no one knows what God looks like and the little girl replied well they will now when I'm done (laughs) you know so what is God like what is he like we can truly find out as we read his book and we can discover what God's like and what heaven's like. It's absolutely wonderful. Let me just read you a passage that tells us a little bit more about what God is like. Let's see here. This is Psalms 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And and you know what the psalmist is talking to, right? He's talking to himself. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. My mind, my thinking faculties, my emotions. Bless the Lord. Because that's all we have really to do is to bless him, to thank him, to praise him. Because of his wonderful goodness to us. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all, that's everything that is within me, my spirit, my my soul, my body, all that is within me, bless his 
holy name. And then in case we missed it, verse 2 it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not. How many of you in your workplace, you have benefits? About five? <laughs> some of them went like this. Yeah, I have some benefits or something. <laughs> Do you like benefits? Yes. Yeah, benefits are a positive thing, you know. <clears throat> and it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The benefits that God gives us is absolutely amazing. He forgives us. While we're on this earth, he removes the guilt. He removes the shame. <clears throat> he answers our prayers. He helps us in our time of need. And he writes our name <clears throat> in the book of life. In the benefits in heaven. There are streets of gold. But we're not going to be concerned about the streets of gold. We're going to fall in love with the almighty God himself. We're going to experience what he has prepared. There are benefits that... Out of this world. It's in a place that's called heaven. And it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and, and forget. And forget not all his benefits. And when it says, Forget not all his benefits, it, it, other translations would say, Forget not one of all his benefits. Let's find out what the benefits are here for us while we're on this planet. <clears throat> Let's find out as we read his word what the benefits are in heaven. I believe in heaven. I believe we're going to see colors we never knew existed. We're going to smell smells that we never knew existed. You know, there's going to be so much, you know, that God has prepared for those who are putting their trust in him. And he goes on to say, Who forgives all your iniquities. That is fantastic because we can't get to heaven without being forgiven. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Papa God, he forgives us of all of our sins because we receive Jesus into our life. So this is we're, we're, we're seeing a picture of God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's in me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Our God is a God of tremendous benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, our sins, our disobedience. He forgives us. Is that a benefit? Yes. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is a tremendous benefit. And, and it doesn't say just some of them. He, he forgives how many? All. 100% of our iniquities, our sins. Our dis he forgives 100% of our iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. That's he heals all of our diseases while we're here on this earth and he heals the greatest one, that one of sin, because he tells us we're pilgrims and we're passing through and we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God and that heals everything when we see him face to face. And that's <clears throat> not just some as well. It's all. He heals all of our diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. He redeems us. He, he, he has paid for us. You know, like the redemption center where they buy back bottles and things. Christ was the price. He gave his life to wash our sins, to redeem us. So our names would be written in the book of life. And we would spend eternity with the almighty God who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. So if you are loving and kind, you got it from the almighty God. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Because he shows it and showers it upon us. So we can then show it and shower it to other people. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Has your mouth ever been satisfied with good things? Yes. Yes. How many are you looking forward to your mouth being satisfied around lunchtime today? Yep. We've, we like to eat, you know. And it says he satisfies your mouth with good things. This like, is something like about Reese's, God. Like Reese's peanut butter cups, right? You know, we have a, a man basket. It's in the back room here. It's got all kinds of things. We're going to do a drawing for one of you guys here shortly. And it had Reese's peanut butter cups in it. 
That's one of my favorites. I know. If you hadn't said nothing, I might have just taken it out and they wouldn't have known that they were missing it. We just had to snack in a little bit. But I'm going to have to leave it in there now, you know. And Almond Joys and Chocolate Covered Raisins. Well. Anything chocolate. Anything that has satisfied your mouth, God created it. You know, animals, a lot of animals just eat grass. You know, I reckon they're satisfied with that, but I'm glad that God gives us more than grass to eat, don't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? Yes. And he says here, you know, he satisfies your mouth with good things. And then it says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He comes to our aid. He comes to our aid and he works everything together for good in our life. That's what he promises us. And we know that we're just pilgrims passing through. And truly the best is yet to come. Now, you know, one of my childhood prayers, there was two things I learned how to pray about when I was a kid. And one of them was when I go to bed at night. I don't know if y'all up here ever prayed that prayer, but we would pray it as a kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. Y'all ever pray that one? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray that the Lord my soul would take. And then we would, God bless mama and daddy and all of our brothers and sisters and friends and family and loved ones and whoever else that came to our mind. That was one of the ways I learned to pray when I was just a little bean sprout, you know. And there's another one. <clears throat> I don't know if y'all learned that up here in New England or not, but in the South, and, and the, every meal that we would eat, you know, as kids, we would pray, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Y'all ever pray that up here? A couple of you. Okay. Well, that was a prayer that I learned, and I learned that God is great and that God is good when I was just a little fella. You know, one of the great things about God, you know, is we can come to him without an appointment. You know how difficult it is to get an appointment with some people, you know? But you never have to make an appointment with God. You, you, you can be anywhere at any time doing anything and you can be communicating with God. And God is great. And, and God is good. And those are two different things, but he is great, you know, but he is good. That's what we know. Some people still picture God as just being a, a tyrant, a, a boss, and he's got a stick, and he's very rigid and very strict. But my Bible tells me, <clears throat> it says that God is love. God is love. Now, you aren't love. You may be very loving, and you may love other people, and, all, and that's a wonderful compliment to you. But God doesn't just love people. He is love. That's where love originates at. He's the source of all love. Pure love. God is love. That's just the way it is. Well, listen to what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 24. Oh, sovereign Lord. And Moses Lord. is actually saying this. Oh, sovereign Lord. And, oh, sovereign Lord. And, and let me just translate that into the way I understand it. Oh, sovereign Lord. My Papa God, you know, there's terms of endearment when we talk to the Almighty God, my Papa God. Oh, Sovereign Lord, I am your servant. I, I am your servant. Now, I don't know if you ever got, you ever get one of these little bracelets? We have plenty of them, so make sure you get one or two. Yeah, I, I, I got to find out where I put them. There's some in the back, too. Yeah. Well, the first ones I gave away, they faded. Within a week, mine did. Mm -hmm. So we bought some new ones, the new and improved version that are actually engraved and then they're painted and it just says all in. And I do this every morning when I wake up. <clears throat> I go, I'm all in for you today, God. I'm all in. I am your servant. Whatever it is that you want me to do today, I'm all in for that. He, he's talking about this right here. 
O sovereign Lord, my, my Papa God, I am. <clears throat> Moses says, I am your servant. He was basically saying, I'm all in for you. You have only begun to show me. Now, I don't know. Y'all ever heard that song? You've only just begun. You ever heard that song? Yeah. I don't know if it's a good song or a bad song. That's all I know of it. It's all right. <laughs> but I see those in words. In the 60s? Right here. Oh, sovereign Lord, I am your servant, and you've only begun to show me your greatness and power. You've only begun to show me your greatness and your power. And I've seen a lot of God's greatness. I really have. And I've seen a lot of God's power, and he works miraculous things, and and, and the forgiveness he gives, and the, the fact that he's created a wonderful heaven for us to spend eternity with him, and... and He's only just begun to show us this. And that means, and it helps us to understand, because I say this quite often, you know, the best is yet to come. Because he's only just began to show us his goodness. And he turns every tragic situation around, and he works it together for good. And he's only just begun to show us his greatness and his power. Is there any God in heaven or on earth who can perform such great deeds as yours? Such mighty acts is what he's talking about. Such miracles as yours? No. There is no other God. He's the one and only. He is the only, the one and the only, the almighty, the most high. And he loves us. He sent his son. And his son paid for our sins so we will spend eternity with him. That's just the truth. That's just some of the benefits that he has made available to you and me. In the book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 11. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. And Jesus is the one who's saying this. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father? How much more? If you know how to give, excuse me. You need some water? Sure, I'll have a swallow of your water. Yeah, you can have that one. Here, grab me this one. You can have it. I'm a, I had two out there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you may regret that. Last night I needed to. Uh, I'll give you the, give full, me the one. full one. Anyhow, where was we at? Anyhow, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, if you're. Your child is hungry. Do you give him something to eat? Yes. <clears throat> if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, how much more will your papa God give good gifts to those who ask him? Let us learn from our papa God. He, he's forgiven us. He answers our prayers while here on earth. He's written our name in the book of life. He has prepared a place for us to be with him eternally and to await for all of our loved ones one day. That's, that's what he says he'll do. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And, and, and he does. Have you ever received a good gift from God? Yes. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I know a lot of people tell me they've never seen this before. But if you'll get up early enough, you'll see a beautiful sunrise <laughs> that God creates. A new living picture for us every morning and every evening. And so many wonderful things that he, he does for us. Psalm 147 verse 5 says, how great is our Lord. How great is our Lord. That's, that's what I learned how, how to pray when I was just a kid, you know, before mealtimes. God is great. I don't, I don't know if you ever remember Tony the Tiger. He, he did this advertisement for Frosted Flakes. What did he say? He does it really good. That's not the way Tony said it. <laughs> They're great! That's the way Tony said it. And, and this is even better than that, you know. How great 
is our Lord. He is great. He is awesome. He's thought about everything from the beginning until the end. He's, for, you know, always show, showing us and reminding us and providing for us everything throughout all of eternity. He is great. How um, great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His power is, is total. His power is, is complete and supreme and it's unlimited. God can do anything and he can do everything. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. It's infinite. It's, it's boundless. And God understands everything. He understands everything we're going through. And he's there to help us and to encourage us and to guide us. And he is and provide for us. It's just the way it is. Now, doves, you know, the birds, doves and sparrows and robins, wrens, starlings, they often sit on the high voltage power lines. You ever see them sitting on a power line out there? And it's amazing they sit on that power line without any harm at all. It's amazing that they can do that, you know. The secret to this whole thing is when they touch the wire, they touch nothing else. Because if they touch the wire and touch something else, it would ground them. You know, and there would be a nice little barbecued dove up there is, is what would happen you know so when we reach one hand out to God and we reach another hand to something that has been forbidden there, there's a, a spark maybe you know and, and God's teaching us how to live the best we can here on this whole planet and he's teaching us to fall in love with him and not to love. We can use the things of the world, but not to love the world in which we live. Because there's a danger zone when we grab a hold of God and we grab a hold of forbidden things. That's a danger zone for us. And it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, Therefore, come out from them. Come out from those who reject God who disobey God and they have no place for God in their life, the Bible says, don't just be buddy, buddy, buddy with all those around us who just love the forbidden things. He says, well, there needs to be a separation, you know, instead of just hanging around all that and, and grounding us out, if you would. But he says, therefore come out from them. And separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy thing. Zap! And I will welcome you. But God, he says, I want you all to myself. I want your faithfulness to me. It's what God says. And, and he tells us how not to be grounded out with forbidden things. How we can live closer and closer and closer to him, you know. You, you cannot, you know, partner with light and darkness. You, you cannot partner with good and evil because it's not a partnership when you're touching God and you're touching the forbidden things. There's a war. There's a battle that's going on for us. But anyhow, he says, come out from all that stuff. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Not the Lord half mighty. Says, so says the Lord Almighty, you know, uh, our Papa God, and he is crazy about you. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, I wait quietly before God. Before Papa God. For my hope is in him. And, and what does hope mean? Confident expectation. It's a confident expectation of the future. And it's saying here, I wait quietly before God, my Papa God. He is my hope. My hope is in him. My expectation, my faith is in him. My, my expectation for the future is in him. And, and this is how, fathers, we can 
role model our Papa God as we, you know, create expectation in our kids for their future. And you teach them to be positive, but not just positive thinking, but God-like thinking and looking to our, our future. And we'll pick up here. We just read uh, verse 5. We'll pick up here in verse 6. He alone. I'm talking about Papa God. Is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. There's a lot of things that get shaken. You know, an earthquake shakes the earth and shakes the ground all around us and volcanic activity and all. And there's a lot of things shaking in this world. And it can be political. It can be financial. It can be all kinds of things that are shaken. But he says here that he alone, Papa God, is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress, like a castle, like a fort. He's my fortress where I will not be shaken. Whatever happens, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be shaken because he's there with me. And he will see me through from the beginning of time until eternity. He will not allow me to be shaken. My salvation and my honor come from God alone. My Papa God. And, and it's wonderful when you understand that term of endearment. You may call him Daddy God or Father God. You know, Abba, Father. I call him Papa God, and I see that in the scriptures because I get, I've gotten to know him much closer than I ever had when I was younger. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. God is great, and God is good. I see that echoed throughout the whole Bible. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. At all. Now, what, what percentage does that be? 100%. Trust him at all times, no matter what's going on. God is trustworthy, and he will turn things around and work them together for good. And the best is yet to come if we're patient and we trust in the almighty God. That's what he tells us. Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. For God, Papa God is so, our refuge. He's our refuge. And this is interlude, which means stop and think about that. This is what he's talking about. Verse 8 says, Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Hmm. At all times. The good and the bad times. Pour out your heart to him. For God, for, for my Papa God, he's our refuge. He's my place of safety and he's my place of protection. No matter what's going on, and, and it, he is trustworthy is what he, he's telling us here. From the greatest to the lowliest, all are nothing in his sight. And when it's talking about from the greatest, and when it says the lowliest, this is talking about the men of a low degree who have no place for God in their lives. They give God not the time of day. He says here from the greatest to the lowliest. All are nothing in his sight. If you weigh them in the scales, they are lighter than a puff of air. See, human life is insignificant compared to eternal life. And do you want me to tell you where eternal life starts? Eternal life begins the moment I accepted Christ into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. And eternal life just continues to go on. There'll come a day when I'll step over into heaven, into the presence of Almighty God. But eternal life began the moment I asked Jesus to come into my life. And that's just absolutely amazing the way he helps us to see that. Don't try to get rich by extortion or robbery. You hear what he says? Extortion, robbery, don't try to get rich that way. And if your wealth increases... And he says, God says, and if your wealth increases, and God's in favor of your wealth increasing, he doesn't mind that. He, he plans that, to be honest with you. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. Ah, it's okay for your wealth to increase. But he said when it increases, and you can have more stuff, and you can get this, and you can get that, don't make your wealth the center of your life. There's a whole lot more to life than wealth or stuff. So he says, And, and if, if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. 
So think. Some people think this. They think that wealth is great. <laughs> no, wealth is good. Only God is great because he has the resources and he provides everything it is that we have. That's just the truth of it. God has plainly spoken. This is Papa God. I just want to clarify that because I see that every time I see God, I see Papa God. And it helps me to understand it from a loving one who knows everything about me, how many hairs I have on my head, that's what the Bible says, and how many I have on my chin, too. He knows that. You know, and he knows how tall we are. He knows everything about us. God, has, Papa God, has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, oh God, belongs to you. Power. If you need power and you need strength to do anything, physical, power, financial, power, emotional, whatever it is, it belongs to God, and he shares it with us. God is great. Power, O God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O Lord, is yours. Surely you judge all people according to what they have done. Craig Randall. He drives a garbage truck in Peabody, Massachusetts. And in a garbage container one day, he noticed a Wendy's soft drink cup bearing a contest sticker. And having won a chicken sandwich the week before, Randall checked out the cup here, hoping for some french fries or a soft drink. Have you ever done stuff like that? Mm -hmm. You know? Instead, though, when he peeled the sticker, it was worth $200,000 toward the construction of a new home, says U.S. News and World Report. I mean... I think I want to go to Wendy's today. Do they still have them stickers or not? I don't think so right now. That was quite a few years ago, was it? Okay. All right. Anyhow, you know, some people, they see trash where other people see treasure. And and what is it that you're looking for? What, What are you hoping for? What do you see? What do you value? Listen to what it says here. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. And how do you benefit? How do you benefit? How do you benefit? How do you prosper from this? If you gain the whole world. The whole world. Your bank account is so full, the bank says we don't have any more room to store all your money. You have to get another bank along with ours, you know, because you're just so prosperous. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world? But lose your own soul in the process. Is anything worth more than your soul? Nothing is more precious than our soul. To be in right with God, to have been forgiven, to have your name in the book of life, and to be absent from our body, immediately, right then, is to be present with the Lord. That's what the Bible has taught us. You know, some folks don't recognize that God is being great to us by all of the benefits that He has loaded upon us. Matthew six thirty three in the Amplified says, But first and most importantly, seek his kingdom. Oh, I'm sorry. Seek that means aim at, strive after. His kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. And and God is great and God is good. And you'll see that about his character everywhere you look. And he's telling us this is first. And and the most important thing to seek, to tame and to strive after. His kingdom. And we learn about his kingdom. You know, as we look at his word. Look at his kingdom. look, Look at his righteousness. His his way of doing things, let's, let's do things the way God does things. And, and like father, like sons, like father, like daughter, let's do it the way that God does those things. And let his attitude and character become very obvious in us. That God is great and, and God is good. And all these things will be given to you also. If you put God first, everything that you have need of. It will come looking for you. That's what he says. Some people are just looking for the stuff. 
just material, just wealth and all. And that's what their life centers around. And they're never satisfied. No matter how much they get, there's never quite enough. But when you put God in his kingdom first, all the things that satisfy you will come looking for you. That's you know, what I was he's just talking thinking about, about a, a scripture in Psalms. I think it was David was saying, and I, I think both you and I have known Christ about the same number of years, probably about almost 49, going on 49, 50 years. But David said, and I think we can attest to it. He said, I have never, he said, I was young and, and now, now I'm, I'm old, old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed, seed out begging bread. bread. God always provides. Always if we put provides. him first, he will always provide. You won't be lacking in any area. And you know, <clears throat> some people see more of God's greatness in a walk around the block. They see more in God of God's greatness in the walk around just a, a city block than they see in a trip around the world because that's what they're looking for. Have you ever noticed you see what you're looking for? You know? If you get a new car, you look around, you see everybody's driving a car just like yours. You know, There's, that's just like ours. You never saw them before. But now, what, what are you looking for today? As we celebrate Father's Day, and it's a good thing to... To, my dad's been with the Lord for 22 years, I believe it is now, and yours has been probably 23 or 24 years. And, and we remember our dads and what they have imparted unto us, but we, we look to our Papa God, our Father God, who has done even so much more, and, and we honor him, and we're, we're looking for his evidence and his signs around us. You know, it really depends on what you're looking for is what you're going to see. Are you looking for something good? You're looking for something positive? Are, are, are you looking for a, a closer relationship with Papa God? Or are you just looking for material stuff? If you put God first, well, he'll give you the stuff that you need beyond what you can ever ask for. That's what he tells us. Martin Luther once said, God's wonderful works, which happen daily, are, are lightly esteemed. Just lightly esteemed. Not because they're of no importance, but because they happen so constantly and without interruption. Man is used to the miracle that God rules the world and he upholds all creation. And because things daily run their appointed course, it seems insignificant and no man thinks it's really worth his while to meditate upon it and to regard it as God's wonderful work because it's just so common a lot of people think well the sun rises every day so it's really no big to do it's just going to rise and it rises and the only thing is is if it didn't rise for a day or two we would be in absolute shock and go like well, what's happened well, you know, I, I need the garden to, to make my garden grow. I mean, I need God's sunlight on my garden to make it grow and, and to feel the warmth and, and, and to go fishing and get a suntan. And, but we don't think about it. Maybe get up a little earlier tomorrow and watch the sun as it rises. Even if there's clouds, it, it's an original painting, a living tapestry if you would every day and every night and because God's blessing he provides us oxygen to breathe that's why he put all the plants on the earth so there's oxygen he's provided so much for us often we just take it for granted and we don't even hardly say thank you and he's provided us with the ability to see and to hear and to talk and to communicate and, and to touch and Often we just take it all for granted because he's been so wonderful in providing for us. Often we just take it for granted and we don't even say thank you. That's often kind of what happens when you, you think about it, you know. Um, I was thinking about it last night when we were uh, teaching that on Friday I was in an appointment with someone and just encouraging uh, this woman from our church family, and I said, you know, I, sometimes with the responsibilities and 
all that goes on in our lives, sometimes we lose the wonder. You know, we lose being in touch with the wonder of God and his creation and all that he's done. And, um, and I, we were talking about that, you know, and how to, to become more aware of God's presence and to see his fingerprints, you know, on a day-to-day basis in our lives and just to be awestruck by his wonder again. And, and that's what restores joy in our hearts as well as we're just amazed at the wonder of God and his creation. And it was interesting because last night as before service as we were uh, going through uh, and singing the worship songs and practicing before service, I recognize that the first two songs talk about that. It talks about the you know, being filled with awe and wonder in the first song. And then the second song talks about our eyes being open to his wonder, you know, and I'm like, wow, I was just talking about that yesterday. And I believe it's something that God wants us to do. Even this father's day as we're acknowledging him as our father. He is the creator of all the wonderful things, you know, that, that we experience on a, on a day-to-day basis. I know every once in a while when I'm texting somebody, I said, have a wonder-filled day. A wonder-filled day. Not just wonderful, but a wonder-filled day. It means the same thing. But, you know, that we can just be full of wonder and, and God and his great love for us. And how Absolutely. he demonstrates that love for us on a day-to-day basis. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, what can we say about such wonderful things as these? What can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God, if our Papa God is for us, and He is for you, who can ever be against us? Now, we know the devil's against us. We know that. But when it says, who can ever be, it means who can ever be successfully against us. And, and who can be successfully against us? Nobody. Nobody can successfully be against us. When God is for us. And he is for us. Because he turns everything around and he works it together for good when we understand the fullness of his plan for us. Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't God, who gave us Christ. He he, he gave him up for who? Us all. And what percentage is all? Since God did not spare even his own son. Jesus, but he gave him up for us all, so our sins can be washed away and we will live with him forever. Won't God, who gave us Christ, as our Savior, also give us everything else? What percentage is everything? 100%. God loves his children. And if we're patient and we, we go to him and we ask and we seek him and we put him first and we... We reach hold and we touch God with both hands and we're not touching the forbidden things with the other hand. God's going to give us everything else that we need in this life. That's just the way it is. And in the world to come, life everlasting life. Fantastic is what I'm talking about. And, you know, uh, if there's a thousand steps between you and God, Papa God, he's going to take all of the steps except one. No, because the choice is yours. He's done everything in his power and he is close by and all the steps, he takes them all except one. And there's that time when we just turn around and we just take that one step toward him and take hold of him. Uh, Receiving God into our life is very simple. It really is. It's not complicated. It's not all the do's and the don'ts. You know, that's what religion is. Religion's just a whole bunch of rules and regulations. You got to do this, you can't do that, this and that, that, and it's just a do, 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 and that stuff stinks, you know? Did I actually say that in here? It just kind of came out that way, you know? But, but what we're talking about, true Christianity, is not rules and regulations. True Christianity is a relationship with our Papa God who loves us and he cares for us. And he's provided for us. Going on in Romans 8, now verse 33, it says, Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? 
Will God? No, God will not accuse us. Papa God loves us. He forgives us. No, he is the one who has given us right standing with himself. And the Amplified Bible says declaring us blameless and putting us in right relationship with himself. He has done that. Put us into right relationship with himself through Jesus. If we accept Christ, he puts us in a right relationship with himself. God is great. God is good. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? Uh, let me answer that. No, Christ will never condemn you, ever. If you feel condemnation, it's the devil trying to, you know, condemn us and bury us underneath, you know, guilt and shame and things of the past. God forgives us. That's what he tells us. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No, for he is the one who died for us. To pay for our Penalty. That's what Jesus has done. And was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us. He's, he's interceding with the Father. Jesus is interceding with the Father. These are my children. They have accepted me. They believe in me. They've reached out and they've taken me into their life. Father, bless them. This is what the Bible tells us, you know. Because God is crazy about you. He is. And you may not understand that term, but I do. You know? And, and I'm crazy about my kids and my grandkids. And you do some crazy things sometimes. I'm crazy about you guys, you know? And we do some crazy things in here because we love you. But God is crazy about us because he loves us so very much. Verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? No! Nothing can separate us from his love. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or the, calamity? Have you ever had trouble? Oh, yeah. Have yes. you had a calamity? Yes. He says, can anything ever separate us from Christ? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? And then he answers that question. He says, does this mean that God doesn't love us anymore? And then verse 37 says, no. We did yeah. it together. Awesome. <laughs> we can matter that, aren't we? Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Because he's great. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. And I'm talking about the difficulties we've gone through. I'm talking about, I'm thinking about John, who went to be with the Lord yesterday. I, I'm a little homesick. I get a little, you know, uh, disappointed when I'm hearing all my friends are going on to be with the Lord. I've been studying about them all my life, and I kind of know what God has in store. But he says for us to stick around here and nudge other people closer to Christ is, is so very important. But we know what he has for us is fantastic. And all the things we've gone through, I'm at to anything, the difficulties we've gone through, when we see him and his glory and what he has prepared for us in heaven. That's just the truth of it. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. Overwhelming victory is ours. Through Christ. Through who Christ. Who loved us. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. If you have a relationship with Christ, you know, who loves us, like father loves sons and daughters. I, and I am convinced. I'm convinced. I'm convinced of this. I am convinced. That nothing can ever separate us from his love. Such a great love that God has for us. Death can't and life can't. The angels can't and the demons can't. Our fears for today our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Let's, let's love each other the way Papa God loves us, with an unselfish love. Let's, let's learn from him. Dads, you know, men, let's learn to love the way Papa God loves us. Ladies, let's learn to love one another the way our Papa God, he loves us. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, 
Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And you know how much you, you love a brand new baby, and as a baby grows, whether it's yours or, or, or relatives or just somebody in the community, and how pure and precious and how much you love them, I want you to understand something. God loves you more than that. He loves you more than any love you have ever given toward anybody on this planet because he is love and he loves us and he's made plans for us. Now, sin is in this world because of Satan, but he has worked it all out when we put our trust in him. It's going to all pan out fantastic. He said overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. That's just the way it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 says, Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Now, this was Paul who had what was referred to as a thorn in the flesh. It was something that was troubling him, and it was there to keep him humble because God had trusted so much to him, and he'd asked the Lord on three times, he said, Would you please take this thing away from me? And each time he said, My gracious favor. And, and grace... The definition of grace is God's enabling power. And the Lord said each time, he said, would you please take this thing away from me? And the Lord said, my gracious favor, my enabling power is all you need. It's all you need. It's all you need. God will enable us to get through and to do and whatever it is before us, God's enabling power. And what does he say? My power works best in your weakness. <laughs> now, you know, and we know a lot of people could pastor this church a whole lot better than we do because we was, we was the bottom of the barrel, you know. At least I was, you know. I mean, we were talking about this the other day when I was just getting ready, graduating from school and my first year out of high school, uh, my sister and me and my brother, we had opportunities to go and play our guitars and to sing at these coffee houses. And some of them were pretty impressive places. And in Charlotte, North Carolina, they had something called the Salt Cellar. And here we are, and I was just learning how to play the guitar. You know, I was just learning how to play it. And we went before all these people and we sang. And then I would share something. I would speak something. And anyhow, I started the song we were doing in the, the, the uh, chord of C. And my brother, who was a little bit better playing the guitar than me, started in G. And it don't sound good when you play two different chords at the same time. You know, and my sister told then everybody said, well, the name of our group comes from 100 Psalms. It says, make a joyful noise. And that's what we did. It was just a noise. But it was joyful. And it's just like, every time I turn around, I, I didn't know much about the Bible. I, I, I never read a book. In 12 years of school, I never read. I, I read a, a portion of the Lassie book, you know. But I read my first book after I got out and I genuinely had given my all to Christ. And I've been reading and How studying. did you make it through school? I don't know. I, I read hundreds of books. I, I know. <laughs> you know, my grandkids have read more books than, than I had back in those days. But I, I look at this and I go, it makes sense now. Mm -hmm. You have I something was, worth reading. And he says, it's all you need. My power works best in your weakest your weakness. And I was the weakest in my class, genuinely. Man, if I ever made a B, that was a reason for celebration in school. And that was rare. I, I usually made the letters below the B, you know. Even below a C sometimes, you know. Yes. But God's power works best in our weakness. Do you have any weak areas in your life? Yes. That does not disqualify you from God using you. Right. And if you think it does, you're mistaken. God loves you. And he cares about you. And he uses who he's created you. That's just the way it is. And that's okay. He says not many of the wise and the affluent, you know, were called. Uh, there's a few. But God specializes in using the weakness. Oh, let's go ahead and read the rest of that verse. You know, um, Pastor Ron's favorite verse is Romans eight twenty eight. Well, this is my favorite verse. The, these, these, I call them my life verse. This is what I've lived my life by, knowing that 
His grace is all that I need. His grace is sufficient for me. His power works best in my weakness. So it's okay that I'm probably the weakest person I know. And that's okay, you know, because his strength, his grace, his enabling power works best in my weaknesses. And I, I know um, I remember last night during service, we should have done it today. Didn't think I about know. It, an illustration that he's used in years past. And it goes right along with the scripture about I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength that I need. And another translation says I can do all things through Christ who infuses me with strength. And so here where it says my power works best in your weakness, you know, water is probably the weakest tasting beverage that we could have. You know, it really doesn't have a whole lot of taste in itself. But if you boil that water and then you put a tea bag in it and, you know, let it steep, that tea is infused into that water. And what do you call it then? You call it tea. You don't call it water any, any longer. But this weak water has been infused with something stronger. And that's the tea. And it becomes tea. And that's, that's what our lives should be like. You know, that we, we don't have any strength in ourselves. But, and when we're at that place of not having any strength in ourselves, of being weak, then God's strength can be infused in us, even when we're in hot water, especially when we're in hot water. <laughs> but, his, you know, but if you take a two-day-old cup of coffee and you put a tea bag in it, will it become tea? No. Will it even be affected by that tea? I don't think so. So when we take something, if we try to be strong in ourselves, we can't receive that infusion of Christ's strength because we're strong in ourselves. There's no, there's no place for that infusion to take place. So it's okay to be weak. It's okay. Because then my power, God's power works best in our weakness. And he's the teabag. He is. And he shows up very distinctly in our lives. And then Paul goes on to say, So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. We, we usually try to hide our weaknesses. But he says, I, I boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may work through me. See, God's greatness allows him to use weak vessels like us, you know, to accomplish great things. And he uses the ordinary to accomplish extraordinary, extraordinary. He uses the ordinary to accomplish extraordinary things. We're weak, but we just like, you're all in. I believe you. I believe you. And, and there's a weakness that he just fills up. And, and our cup overflows. That's, that's what he's talking about. Verse 10 says, since I know it is all for Christ's good. I am quite content with my weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know what? It's 1022. Can't get through all of it. No, I can't. I got a whole lot more I wanted to share with you. And I wanted to continue on along the line about the uh, armor of God and the things we're talking about here. Um, let's, 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 read this, let's read these two verses here and then I'll, I'll wrap it up, okay? okay? Psalm 145 verse 3 says, Great is the Lord. Great! He is most worthy of praise. His greatness is beyond discovery. Wow. Let each generation... Tell its children of your mighty acts. Dads, let's do that. Let each generation tell your children about God's amazing, his mighty acts, his, his deeds, you know. Let, let each generation tell your children and those who are in your sphere of, in your sphere of influence, tell them that God is great and, and, and God is good. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracle, 
miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Yes, let's do so. John Huffman, in his book, who is in charge here, he tells about Robert D. Wilson, a great professor at Princeton Theological Seminary, and one of Dr. Wilson's students had been invited back to preach in Miller Chapel 12 years after his graduation. Old Dr. Wilson came in and he sat down near the front. Now, old Dr. Wilson was his professor when he was here 12 years earlier. And at the close of the meeting, the old professor came up to his former student, cocked his head to one side in his characteristic way, and he extended his hand and said, if you come back again, I will not come to hear you preach. I only come once for my students. And I'm glad that you are a big godder. When my boys come back, I come to see if they are big godders or little godders. You know, G-O-D-D-E-R. And, and then I'll know what their ministry will be. And his former student asked him to explain. And he replied, well, some men have a little God. And they're always in trouble with him. And he can't do any miracles. And he can't take care of the inspiration and the transmission of the scriptures to us. And he doesn't intervene on behalf of his people. And they... They have a, a little God, and I call them little godders. And then there are those who have a great God, and he speaks, and it is done, and he commands, and it stands fast, and he knows how to show himself strong on behalf of them that fear him. And you have a great God, and he will bless your ministry. And he paused a moment, and he smiled, and he said, God bless you. And then he turned to walk out. And then my question to you is, are you, a bit, are, you, are you a big godder? Are you a little godder? Do you serve just a little insignificant God or do you serve an awesome, a magnificent God? Think about that. Think about that. Now, I need to go and grab something. There's one more scripture and I'll read it while you go. Okay, all right. I just go grab the man basket. I'll be right back. This is a challenge and an encouragement for you dads. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, it says, be on guard. In this world that we live in, you must be on guard. Be on guard for yourself. Be on guard for your family, your kids. Stand firm in the faith. Don't be wishy-washy. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. That is a scripture worth memorizing, men. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. Also, we do have back at the back at the coffee station, and uh, we have, some, it's a resolution. How many of you have ever watched the movie Courageous by the Kendrick Brothers? Yeah, if you've never seen it, I would encourage you. It is well worth your time to watch that movie. But this is the awesome. res- resolution that they present in that movie for fathers. And it's just a great uh, challenge and, and charge for dad. So make sure you pick those up at the, at the back. Before we uh, do a drawing, and yeah, they saw me getting a Reese's Cup. She was supposed yeah. to distract them more. Were you, you going to give those to me? Yeah, I was going to, but you know, <laughs> I got to give them to somebody else. There's another one in the last one for the next service. Will we get that one? But... Uh, we're going to do a drawing for the man bass. It has all kinds of things. weighs like 50 pounds. I'm not sure what it's all down in there. But uh, in just a second, if you did not, you, you men who are here, if, and you don't have to be a father, just a man, if, if you're here, and if you didn't get a ticket yet, in just a moment, we'll have you raise your hand, and we're going to give you a ticket because we're going to do a drawing. But well, let's pray before we do so. And we'd like just to reaffirm our faith in the almighty God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, 
I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And that you sent your son Jesus. And you sent your son Jesus. And he paid for all my sins. And he paid for all my sins. With his life. With his life. And then he rose from the dead. And then he rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide my heart. And I open wide And I my welcome heart. Jesus inside. And I welcome Jesus inside. And Papa God. And Papa God. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. I believe in I, you. I believe in you. And I'm going to be a big godder. And I'm going to be a big godder. I trust you. I trust you. With my present situation. With my present situation. And I trust you with my future. And I trust you with my future. In the name of your son, Jesus. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 